Welcome to the 411 Podcast. I am your hairdresser and host, Nicole. Everyone knows the salon as a little therapy session. Hairdressers know all your dirty secrets. What happens in the salon usually stays in the salon. Well, until now, that is. Each week, I will be joined by a different client who will co-host with me and we will spill all the juicy gloss. From relationships to self-love, we are going to teach you how to treat you right. So get cosy, grab a cuppa or a Cosmo and cheeseburger and learn to love yourself. Hello and welcome back to the 411 podcast. This week I am joined by singer, actor and dancer Lauren C. Moore. Hello. Hello. It's so lovely to have you here. Thanks for having me. So Lauren is one of my clients and she's just a superstar so I had to have her on the podcast um, and we're just going to dive right in um, because Lauren has led an interesting life so far and yeah I just think that I, I love when you come in and y- you're just chatting about all the things that you've done. So here we go. Um, just what I want you to do, Lauren, is I want you to just start for the start. So like, where were you born? Like, where did you grow up? Like, oh God, right. So I'm originally from Castle Douglas, uh-huh. a little small town um, down in Dumfries and Galloway. Um, born, raised there, um, started kind of my journey for the arts uh when i was about five i started like local dance school mm-hmm. um, so dance came first yes because i was going to ask that what came first was it, it the acting the dancing oh, the singing it's so it's so close together i think i started acting about seven because where i was there wasn't really drama groups or anything um and then they actually built a theater well one of the local churches got converted to a theater Mm-hmm. so and it was literally across the road from my house oh so I was just in my element so it was great because I could join like the local drama group the musical society the youth theater I just threw myself into all that mm-hmm. um as well as my dancing at the time I think I was out like every night of the week <laughs> with a different activity whether it was swimming brownies you name it I probably did it but mm-hmm. the arts it was just my passion and my love even from young and I kind of think I always knew I wanted to do that as a job but mm-hmm. being from a small town I don't think it's ever really happened to anybody in my local area so nobody really took it seriously but yeah. um I was just like 100% no in my heart I know this is what I want to do so I was absorbing everything I could so like, you were saying that you did lots of different activities like after school so were your parents really encouraging as yes. like that Oh, they were so encouraged. I wouldn't be where I am without the start they gave me. I feel so lucky that they did believe in me. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad and my mum were both, like, especially my dance displays, were in the front row, oh. and they would go every night. Oh, so it was, like, my God, after it, so nice. you were getting, there was, like, notes, and you were breaking it down, <laughs> going, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? And, oh, I've done this. And they're like, no, it looked amazing. Nobody did. It was great because that started off really young. I was, it's like what happens nowadays. You get notes and, and you get to like chat through people and break it down and stuff, uh-huh. and you learn from that. And that's why it was good to see 
and to look out and see your parents in the front row when yeah. you're dancing at such a young age uh-huh. I, I mean this was probably about seven upwards when I was performing mm-hmm. and I mean it's a nerve-wracking thing but I was in the front row giving it big lips <laughs> the minute those lights went on or I went on stage and the music started I was like a total different person yeah and it was like an escapism so to see then it just grounded you mm-hmm. um and that's what I loved and they were very supportive even my grandparents bless them I didn't get to be with them for too long but my grandmother was a ballroom dancer and I even wow. inherited her dance shoes which wow. I got to wear in like an actual musical production um and it was like I felt like Dorothy because they were gold glitter Aww. ballroom shoes and they That's super. And oh, it was just that? like she was there with me so uh-huh. it's you've always felt like there's that like yeah you're doing a good job and because they've backed me through it all it's it's been good and And that is so important to have encouraging parents because Mm. when I was younger I loved all of the above as well that you do and I feel as if I wasn't encouraged but school shows and all that I was always in them and Mm. but my mum and dad didn't come to them and it was actually my dad's friend Maxie he used to video record like at the school shows so my mum and dad essentially had to wait like weeks on this video being made Mm. and then whenever they did they would end up watching it you know and that so they never came and Mm. I've always kind of felt like if I was a wee bit more encouraged maybe I would have done something like that dancing acting I was I, I think I was very good in drama my drama teachers always praised me a lot Wow. Um, and it was like the only class that I nearly never dogged in <laughs> secondary school. <laughs> so because it's, it's such a different subject at school, like, I feel a little <clears throat> robbed in like, my high school because it was such a small town. We didn't have drama. Right. So that's why when I left school at like 16 to go and study drama, it was basically because I had to. There was nothing to like progress your career or to mm-hmm. get a qualification where I was from. But my parents were very supportive of that at that time. It was just my mum and she was really 100% for it, but she was scared because she's from, well, she was originally Glasgow, kind of Renfrew area, same as my dad. They'd moved to a small town. Mm -hmm. I think they were always that scared kind of, uh, they don't know what would happen and protectiveness. Um, So I think they were reluctant in some things, but they were always very supportive in the back burner, which was great. And as you say, if you have that mm-hmm. foundation of, they might not understand it, which mm-hmm. I think was where they were coming from. They'd never experienced that. Mm-hmm. And to be so different, like the black sheep in the family, but in a, mm-hmm. you want to be loud and creative way, yeah. is kind of like, they're like, where does this come from? What is happening? Yeah, you're like the goat. Yeah, you're just like, okay. Um, but I, they embraced it and thank god they did because i wouldn't be where mm-hmm. i am because some people or maybe to that generation like they would not have classed being an actor or a dancer or a singer as a real job yes as well so that's maybe where it was like mm, i don't really know like if this is a real thing but uh-huh. we'll encourage it we'll support you anyway type mm. thing it may be a phase I think some people yep. think oh it's a phase they're going through they'll grow out of it mm-hmm. which a lot of people I trained with or went to my dance school with I mean none of them dance nowadays really mm-hmm. same my drama group none of them really do it but it is such a good life skill yeah. to get and the confidence it builds in you especially young 
how it opens you up, you meet new friends, the, the things you learn, just the foundation it builds. I mean, you might never use it again, but mm -hmm. it's gave you that experience and made you who you are now. Whereas I was just like, I know I'm going to take this further and this is going to be what I do. Mm -hmm. But at school, you were always told, well, you have to get a real job. Mm -hmm. Your guidance teacher sits you down like to go, what subjects are you going to take yeah. for your standard grades? God, that shows my age. But <laughs> standard grades are higher. What are you going to do? What's going to benefit your future career? Yeah. And the real answer was not really anything that I could do at that school was going to do it, mm -hmm. apart from your English and your music, which I did. Um, but I just was like, okay, you say I need to get a real job, right? like forensics I'll do science and it's modern studies for politics which is so random yeah but I just then went with what subjects do I enjoy mm -hmm. what do I actually feel I'm good at right I'll do them and that could be my plan b and that's what most if you watch like interviews done by successful people or life coaches or mm -hmm. so on and so forth they say find your passion yeah and run with that and make that your job you can essentially you can make anything a job yeah so I love that I love that you were encouraged I love that it was something that you did go on to be able to do and with the support of your parents as you were saying you wouldn't have gotten there did you ever have a real job quote-unquote <laughs> well the, uh, yeah I think any job you could name I've probably done it at one point because you just have to you have to survive this industry is very it's very few and far between it, it, unless you're on like a full-time soap and you're on a full-time contract for years and years and years think like you're kind of dear j barlow's and you're ken from <laughs> Corrida. i missed deirdre they were there for years which is very fortunate in the acting industry if you're on a series like game of thrones i mean that's mm -hmm. what 10 years out of their life um but unfortunately most jobbing actors or performers is contract to contract so you have to, in your downtime, take what we call survival jobs. Mm -hmm. um, or when you're studying, you need those little jobs to kind of get you through uni or college. And mm -hmm. whether it's shoe shops, whether it's bakeries, whether it's Ikea, whether it's, I yeah. mean, I've worked in offices. I think I've done a driving job. I've sold uh, phones and broadband. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've done commission only work. It's basically anything I was like well that vaguely I could use my skills to help mm -hmm. and it usually does because sales you're used to talking to people um if you believe in the product you're like yeah that sounds easy and mm -hmm. you'll be good at it but you always get that kind of itchy feet whether it's weeks months however yeah. long into it and you get so used to the money and the regular income you're a bit like the this stability. Is, yeah I like the stability for a bit but then you're like no your creative juices are not flowing you've got that itch and I always wanted to travel mm -hmm. so it was like oh you've just got that burning desire and itch that's not being scratched so you need to do something more and you always get bored and yeah. I mean some people don't and that's what they stay in and they change their path and I'm like credit to them I wish I could be that mm -hmm. <laughs> but my brain is always like well what's next yeah what's the you next need to adventure? be stimulated I yes. think it's like I worked in offices and um, things before, call centres, and I, I just ended up depressed all mm -hmm. the time because I wasn't supposed to like sit down at a desk and do a monotonous job, the same thing every day, day in, day out. And as you said, for some people, living that life is like 
people crave stability and security. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, they would never go out and be self-employed. They would yeah. not like say to me, it's like, well, I've been self-employed for I think it's since 2015, seven year. And there's times where you make more money than you than and then the next month you don't, or yeah. yeah, it's like there is an inconsistency there. And you do think, oh God, like, how am I going to pay a bill? Or how am I going to go on a holiday that I want to go on? Or maybe I could just get a wee part-time job employed somewhere. And then you think, oh my God, no. But for some people being self-employed, I don't see that. It's the norm to me. Yeah. But to other people, it's like, oh my God, you're so brave. It's you're so brave. It's the thing ever, isn't it? <laughs> and it's like, so it's this thing about like the fear of failure oh. as well. And we've chatted about this mm-hmm. before. To me, it's a really interesting topic because mm. we as humans are completely driven by fear. Mm. We're controlled by fear. And there's, I remember Jim Carrey, and by the way, listeners, if you don't listen to Jim Carrey, like now is your sign to go and listen to Jim Carrey, because he, everything that man yeah, he speaks a lot of sense, uh-huh. and he was telling a story about his dad, and he said that his dad's like a better comedian than he ever will be, and that he took a job that he thought was like risk-free, Mm-hmm. because he had a family and he thought right I know what's coming in every month like if I just take that job and I get that paycheck every month and then I think it was 13 year down the line his dad lost his job and then realized that that job wasn't risk-free either mm-hmm. that there is a possibility that companies do go under there's cuts made with staff and things like that people are made redundant and he I think he was speaking about how he regretted like not going after his dream not going over after his passion and for me that is so important it's so important like I'm always and people are always saying to me Nicole like you're always on to the next thing you're always doing something else but my god I would rather ask said that I tried something and I failed than not trying at all because regret is the biggest fear in my life. Fear isn't, regret is. Yeah, 100%. That's when we were chatting about the other day, it's Mm -hmm. 100% what we gelled on because obviously my work, my industry, it's always ups and downs. Everybody's like, where are you now? What are you doing? What's Uh happening? They just can't can't break it down in their heads. And I like, I love that kind of chaos and that fear and that taking that leap of faith and sometimes not knowing what's going on when I left to go to um, college at 16 mm-hmm. I mean I was leaving a very small town to go to a slightly bigger town in air um but I was staying with family friends so it was almost like I had a little bit of a crutch but oh my god I was scared mm-hmm. and but I was like I need to embrace this fear mm-hmm. and I need to face it I was 16 going into a room I was the youngest person on my course and I was moving to a strange place uh-huh. like everybody thought I had three heads when I left <laughs> that small town they're like you're doing what everybody else was staying on at high school till 18 basically uh-huh. I was being weird and different mm-hmm. but I'm like I loved being weird and different and I'm very like people would say I'm confident I'm confident in the outside mm-hmm. and I'll maybe be like yeah I'm passionate I know what I want uh, but see behind closed doors I am the most 
self-doubting, uncomfortable, it's just shy person, and I'm not confident. And I'm, I'm always second guessing, deep. but that's the fear. That's what it eats away at you yep. when you're on your own. And then when you're out to people on the outside, it looks like, oh my God, you've got it made. Like, oh, you've no fear. Yep. It's like, you do. everybody does. It's just how you embrace it and how you use it. And as you said, regret, everybody has regrets. Mm-hmm. And I do, because it's like that, oh, what ifs? You could have went down that road. You could have went down that road. Like I think we said the other day, it's like, what door yes. were you going to go through? And you'll always think, when I'm lying on my deathbed, is that story going to play that other option? Yeah, because that's what I was saying about my mum. I was saying, I, my mum, like, went to work, went to the shops and came home again. And she she didn't live a life. She Mm. existed as far as I was concerned. And then seeing her, like, pass away at such a young age, I thought that would not be me. And it, it gives me the fear. Like, we were saying the other day, like, you have to recognize that you need to keep running towards your biggest fucking fears mm-hmm. like and then we were talking about little miss sunshine yes. weren't we the movie oh. well, i love that and the grandpa in it is like <laughs> speaking to the little girl and she's like oh i'm a loser and he's like that no do you know what a loser is a loser is somebody that doesn't even try yeah. and you're trying right mm-hmm. so you're not a loser like and then i seen a video and it was travis scott and he was talking about losers and he was like since when did it become like bad to try yeah like since when did it come uncool to try mm-hmm. like you're a fucking loser if you don't try as far as i'm concerned i'm like yes travis that's my mindset as well it's like let them laugh let them say whatever they've got to say because you will never be criticized by anybody doing more than you only less than you so yeah but talk is you you'd mentioned like that you you've worked over the world as well so Mm -hmm. talk us through that because you've got an interesting story about china that's like that's totally like oh my god you've got no time to think and you run towards fear yeah i literally (laughs) i was i was doing another job i was performing in a show up in creef because i remember the exact days like where were you when this happened this exact thing i sat in my car i had a missed call so obviously you're like, who's calling? I mean, cold calling nowadays is kind of the uncool thing. Mm-hmm. But um, so I phoned back and I basically got offered a job just there and then. Can you come to China? And I'm like, who's this? What, <laughs> what job? Because I mean, we apply for a lot of jobs and sometimes you don't always remember what you apply for. And I was like, I think I did. Okay. What's this? Just refresh my memory. What's the deal? What's the thing? And so it was to teach in China. Uh, performing arts so act sing dance to children at school mm-hmm. and you're working towards doing like a big mega show so picking the best of the best from each school around China and bringing them all together to like this one mega um, show in Beijing mm-hmm. and I was like okay that sounds what you want me okay right well when do we go um right you go on Wednesday this was Thursday <laughs> and you need to fly down to London tomorrow to get your visa and I was like oh okay what this is like three o'clock what how do I fly down and he's like I'll book you on like the first flight you'll be down done so do they pay for the flight oh yeah because I'm thinking they're struggling actress like how do you even pay when you've got this massive opportunity yeah it was just it's so surreal he's like well we'll find out London tomorrow it's just everything suddenly went 100 miles an hour and 
I think I thought you have that doubt in your head and you have that fear, but something just overwhelmed me. And I was like, yes, I, there was no point. I said, no, mm-hmm. I think I said, just let me think about it. I need to talk to my partner. Um, and then I was like, so who's going, how many people, and do you need other people? Because obviously I know a lot of jobbing actors that need work. Right. And I thought, oh, like, who am I with? Mm-hmm. Like, because you said you were paired with people. And I later found out a lot of them were paired with absolute strangers. And I don't know how you know, but sometimes you're put with people you don't always get on. Yeah. So um, he was like, oh, we're looking for like a musician or someone to teach some music. My partner at the time who I lived with, mm-hmm. It was a musician. So I was like, oh, like, uh, take a look at this guy's profile. Um, I'll give him a call. And he went, would you do it? Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't know. Like, ask him. Um, he had a bit more reservations about it because he has, like, a nephew that he looked after and his elderly parents. And whereas I just was, like, overwhelmed and was like, yes. It took him a little bit more time to come around. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had like five days to move across the world mm-hmm. for what happened most of the year. It was about seven months. And once we'd went, yeah, we just ran towards it and mm-hmm. took it with both hands and everything was paid. It was like it was like almost like red carpets rolled out everywhere. Mm-hmm. We were with top industry professionals from around the world. They'd flew Tony Award winners, wow. BAFTA Awards winners, like Brit Award winners. It was the best of the best. And we were like looking at each other, being like, and everybody's like, Where did you train, darling? Where did syndrome. you 100% imposter syndrome? We literally the jet lag hits you, but mm-hmm. you turn up and you're like, we trained at Motherwell in like air and <laughs> what is our life like what is this we're with like the top London people and people from Italy and we were just this is a dream Uh what is going on people that just newly graduated bless them were like just turned 20 21 were thrown into this as well we luckily enough all met on the plane because obviously from Glasgow you generally have to fly to London for main flights yeah so we all just met in the airport didn't know each other, obviously, apart from my partner who was going to be with me. Mm-hmm. So they were meeting their new housemates and work colleagues for the very first time. Mm-hmm. We were sitting on a flight for about 12 hours and we were luckily all together. Mm-hmm. And we got to just shoot the shit and be like, uh, what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. we didn't even know 100% what we were physically going to be doing. Yeah. It was just all this, why did we say yes to this? Crazy. Like, what is... We were all in this whirlwind, but we'd all just went, yeah, embrace the fear. Like, uh-huh. fuck, fuck it. it. <laughs> this is a, like, it was a, a fuck it good paid job. <laughs> I mean, like, how many of us can say, like, some of them were only doing it shorter term, so they were maybe going for three months. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, all expenses paid to go and live the other side of the world in China and another culture. Yes, please. With translators, with a flat, with, like, you were never felt less it was so incredible you felt so valued mm-hmm. after years of being a struggling performer trying to contract to contract keep the mm-hmm. bills paid as you were saying and it's to then go oh my god I'm going to be like you're literally treated like VIPs mm-hmm. and, and and the kids oh my god I've never felt such love in my heart like the the children I taught in my school 
I had about 90 of them mm-hmm. and every single one of them was like my baby because Aww. we had the youngest school as well and we were talking like five-year-olds mm-hmm. and so we talked from five up to 16 but we generally had the, the younger lot mm-hmm. uh, and just the want and the love and the openness they had to us to learn mm-hmm. uh and, and that's that's a cultural thing oh, as well, yes. isn't it? Because it's I'm very education, very important in China. Yes. And one thing I did want to ask, because you were talking about the bills, right? Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to like just get up and leave and travel and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I've even said to my husband, right, even for a month, yeah. like we can make sure all the bills are paid, like the cat's watch, like don't worry, we'll go. And he's like, no, you can't do that. And blah, blah. and he's always like, we like you could say he's got the, the fear you yeah. know like the fear stops him from doing that um but when it comes to listeners listening and they want to go after something and it might not be acting or dancing or singing or whatever mm. but say they want to go away and they want to travel or there's a possibility a job opportunity somewhere else they could be googling job opportunities right for yeah. instance but in five days I know that the things that my husband thinks about when it's time to travel or whether I was discussing going to travel with them was but we've got cars here Mm -hmm. and we've got a flat here and we've got so what happens with all that I mean if you've got a car that's on finance or you're renting a house and you've got six months lease or you've got a mortgage or I know you were getting paid right so so for you is that how that worked but for a lot of people it's like they've got a lot of let's call them anchors Mm -hmm. that kind of keep you here yeah your foundations are here and that's the hardest thing to kind of wrap up and leave and Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people I think are overwhelmed by it and they just they they don't see that you could I have fantastic friends Mm -hmm. and it was one of my friend's sister who already had the pup and was like we'll take Indy that's my lovely dog and I mean, we were like, we didn't know technically how long it was going to be, but she was like, no, you 100% believed in me, believed in what we were doing and was like, I support you. Like, we gave her money for it. She, we're uh-huh. paying for the food, the upkeep uh, and the mortgage I had at the time. We knew we could cover it. I think we even had people had keys that they could come in and just check in the flat because, you know, you don't want pipes to burst mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, my car, I actually sold it. Um, it, I think it was Jute's MOT or something, mm-hmm. and it was going to fail. Right. And I thought, I can't really sell it, sell it. So, and I couldn't scrap it. It would cost me money to do. Mm-hmm. But I actually contacted Salvation Army, and they do an amazing thing where they'll pick up your cars and they scrap them and keep the money um, for the Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. So I went, Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I went, It's good no cause. good to me. It's no good sitting there for another seven months wasting away mm-hmm. I was like if Andy can get any use parts whatever and it goes to a good cause I was like yeah do yeah. it and all of this in five days your head's like reeling which I think was the best way because if we'd had weeks to plan you would have overthought it oh and I'm the worst person at like overthinking overactive minds racing thinking oh this possibility and that possibility whereas we were just like right this is what we need to do what do we do to get there and because you had such a short time frame, you couldn't you couldn't overthink it because you were just like, right, tick off the list, get it done. Uh-huh. And I mean, actually, just before China, not that long before, I went to Brazil for a month, and it was almost as if something was preparing me because I don't think my case was even properly unpacked. And I mean, you're talking probably a month or a few weeks 
I then went to China. Mm -hmm. So something in me was like, don't quite fully unpack that yeah. case yet. There's something <laughs> on the horizon. You're going places, honey. I know. <laughs> because I'd had that month, I was doing circus training in Brazil. It was like an exchange program. Mm -hmm. And it was like that. I had the fear about that. I'm going to pay. And I went, do you know what? When do you get an opportunity? Yeah, it's going to cost money. And my partner was like, I'll watch the dog and things. And so I think that was almost a test run. Mm -hmm. And then once I'd been through that, I was like, yeah, I can do this. So then when China went up, when I got off, that's why I said yes straight away, because I'd almost been like, I've been prepared for this, yep. which not a lot of people are, but I felt like that's why this happened yes. to do this. And and I believe that. I yeah. believe the universe like, prepares you for things. That I, I seen a video the other day and it was... It, no it wasn't a video it was actually Evan Almighty that was on the TV oh, and sure God's speaking and God's saying <clears throat> excuse me if you pray for patience do you think God just makes you patient <laughs> if you pray for money do you think God just gives you money if you mm -hmm. pray for to be more understanding no like they give you opportunities to be more patient yes. they give you opportunities to maybe make more money or take a risk or mm -hmm. be more courageous so yeah I, I really I really admire that and it's something I'm really thinking about right now is just I want to go away um but I would go away, I would be going away as a solo traveller mm -hmm. for like a month. And I'm like, oh, look, it just it gives me the fear. And I'm like, get over yourself, Nicole. Like, Even a good thing is do like a test run, go somewhere, like go a long weekend somewhere and just go yourself. And there's so many, I mean, deals at the moment. But it is almost give yourself that test run to then go, I can do this. I mean, when I went to Brazil, we were going as a group. So I felt a bit more secure. I took very ill mm -hmm. and they all flew out earlier without me. And I took ill, so I had to delay my flight. Thank God we were able to. And then I had to fly myself. And that's terrified me, like you're saying. But I did it. I got through it. And I went, that's not as crazy as I thought. Like, you just have to go embrace it and just try it. And if it terrifies you and you go, I'm never doing that again, least you can say you tried yeah sure yeah that and comes back it. to what we've done like we said earlier on it's only losers that don't try yeah. and they're no losers oh god so, no um I think after this I'll just put my flight to Bali <laughs> but seriously it's you only regret 100% of the things you didn't do or didn't try and it's like life's too short yeah and I think both of us having had loss in our life you, you see that a lot more than others and your mm -hmm. eyes are kind of open and you've got to really think I, I used to do a lot of things to make because my dad passed when I was about 14 and I think I was like I need to do this because I need to show him his support wasn't for nothing mm -hmm. and I need to do this to make him proud Mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's a good way to start but you need to make yourself proud yeah you need to do it for you you want to go to Bali you go to Bali whether you're like oh it's a week it's two weeks a month it's whatever you need and as long as you can financially do it mm -hmm. it's not hurting anybody it's feasible why not yeah I know like you said there for your dad like when I my mum passed away and I just remember like reflecting on her life and mm -hmm. being like 
she didn't go through all that for nothing. Yeah. Like my mum was the hardest working person I've ever met in my life and she had nothing. Like she didn't have two pennies to rub together. And I used to think, how are you so skint? Like all that, you're the most skint person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and again, it's like that financial independence and I crave stability and security and all that like everybody else. But I also crave like spontaneity and making sure that I am fulfilling or I feel fulfilled yeah. and th- that I do not overthink things and sit and procrastinate mm-hmm. oh, and yes. like keep keep on trying to move forward and keep trying to make something of myself so that my mum can be proud of me and I, I that that's all you want in life and yeah. you just want your parents to be proud of you I know and um, just know that all the sacrifices oh, yeah. they made are 100 percent worth it because look at you they can look at you and really be proud of you and say I think it's one thing to like look at your your offspring and be like oh I'm proud of them mm-hmm. and they work an office job and they've just got like They've got a couple of kids and they've got a house and some artificial grass at the back and like what what society perceives yeah, as exactly. being the perfect life <laughs> with a white picket fence, right? <laughs> but I think that there's another kind of proud that family feel when you do take risks and you are doing something different to other people yeah. because I've felt that, especially recently since my mum died, I receive a lot of messages from people and these some of them are people I know some of them are people I don't some of them are people that have listened to the podcast recently and they're just like it's inspiring to watch your stories on Instagram or listen to you speak or it's really made me want to move forward and do something with my life because I've realized I'm not fulfilled and mm. I think that's so that is the nicest message you can receive I think just 100%, yeah like making somebody realize that there's more to life mm-hmm. like this is new there is you know like go out and create it and it's so true go out and create the life that you want and nobody's saying I know Molly may get a lot of shit for that right and I might sound a wee bit like Molly may but I do feel like circumstances do come into play and if you've got encouraging parents then that's great but if you've not like then it takes you longer to maybe figure things out. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they're in there. Like, it was like, for me, I wasn't really encouraged. I was late to start my career, or I was deemed as late to start my career. And I think, God, maybe if my parents had been a wee bit more encouraging, I'd be a wee bit further forward. But I wasn't supposed to be. No. I'm supposed to be where I'm at right now. And I need to give myself a bit of praise and be proud of myself as the you for Mm -hmm. taking that risk and just not being run of the mill like oh, like, exactly. like you got to break give ourselves pat in the back yeah. for being the goat of the family you know uh-huh. like, exactly. I mean, like fuck that I'm going to be somebody I'm going to be like you're not going to be able to move for knowing who I am one day uh-huh. <laughs> I think a lot of people must think I am the craziest person I've ever met other people <laughs> are like I totally live through your Instagram stories and they're like I just they're like it's just an aura like they just love seeing what I'm up to and what I'm doing and I'm not doing it for anybody else I'm doing it for me yeah. and yeah I think of my parents and my aunts and my grandparents all looking down on me and I hope they're proud but I'm like I need to be proud of myself I need to look myself in the mirror we all need to look ourselves in the mirror yeah. and don't get me wrong I have my down days mm-hmm. I've suffered depression and mental health for a long long time mm-hmm. um and when I lost my mum I think I didn't really grieve 
and it was only six years ago, but I mean, time is nothing. You feel numb. Yeah. For however long you feel numb oh, for. Oh, that and numbness is. I mean, I think it's lockdown. Mm-hmm. was when everybody then suddenly was faced with a lot of stuff they've not had time to address and I think that for myself I went through a lot during lockdown just self-reflection and really looking inward and thinking I've not had time to grieve what's happened yeah in the last six years in the last 26 like whatever and it was time to literally sit down and kind of go through it and I'd had therapy before and spoke to counsellors and things over different things in my life and I think it was good because that gave me a seed of how you approach it and a lot of mindfulness and I mean even acupuncture I mean stuff can open up the energy and start the flowing mm-hmm. and start I mean some days you just need to cry mm-hmm. and you might not know why you're crying it mm-hmm. just comes up in you and you just need to let it out mm-hmm. and we need to not have a stigma around that we need to be able to just let it out because in lockdown you were in a safe space you were in your own home and you could do that you could mm-hmm. take that time and I feel I've came out a lot stronger at times it was very dark I'm sure for a lot of people yeah you were just suddenly like oh my god like what uh what's happening and it was a scary time for us all uh, especially in my industry we lost everything yep but what was the one thing everybody was doing at home during lockdown they were binging tv film yep. live theater that was being like, I mean, who didn't see Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Who didn't see, like, the game of... Th- who's not binged a whole thing? And all that was people Can in I my industry. Add, um, me, <laughs> I haven't seen Hamilton, uh, and I haven't watched Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm probably the only person in the world. My mum loved Game of Thrones, so... Yeah. Um, but I would love to go and see Hamilton in the theatre, uh, oh, well, like, on Broadway. Yeah. That's one of my dreams, like, is to go and see um, something on Broadway. And, I mean, what what bigger thing is there to see other than Hamilton on I Broadway? Um, Stunning. I've, I, I know a bit about it, but I haven't been to see it. And I really remember when I was younger as well and being really interested in drama and acting mm. and things and going to the theatre with the school and just thinking, wow, like, I want to do this. Like, but... It was as if there was nobody to like help you be like, oh, well, this is how you get up there on yeah. the stage, like you know. There was no like, this is how you do it. I mean, in our career, uh, this industry, there's so many different ways people have got into it. People have went and done training. People have just been picked off the street mm-hmm. uh, because a lot now is like the American realism that they use for films and TV. Michelle Keegan was like picked off of the mm-hmm. it, she was working like a makeup counter or something in Manchester yeah it's... in the Trafford Centre or something like that and she was just picked up and they now look at her uh-huh. she's flying and it's you never know when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen and I'm sure she would have in her heart been like yeah I can do this and just went for it I mean, it's scary, and I don't. I don't. I mean, what would you do if somebody just approached you in the street and like, "What do you mean this TV or film?" You'd be like, mm. "I mean, Connie." <laughs> like, you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm on Connie. That's how, fine. How cool!" And now she's like a really well-paid actress. She's like the lead of her own show, and yep. I mean, it's amazing what can happen. And we were all appreciating it in lockdown. Literally, we needed that escapism. We needed to watch these things. Yeah, and it was the arts, and that's where I'm like. But our industry shut down and we lost, like, we couldn't make any more of that when we needed it the most. Um, And so that's when I was really reflecting. I was like, do I want to do this? Do I want to go back to this? Should I get another job? Like, 
you start thinking and overthinking it but in my heart I always knew this is what I want to do and I don't didn't quite know when I was younger how I was going to get there mm -hmm. and there was no templates of this is how you do it mm -hmm. but I just kind of was like baby steps mm -hmm. what can I do to help me to get to this step mm -hmm. what can I do to help yeah because I think people look at like the end goal yeah and it just seems so unachievable mm -hmm. but like you say mm -hmm. it, it's baby steps it's like it's doing something each day to make you better than you were yesterday yes. or a step closer to where you want to go 100 percent, and uh -huh. I, <clears throat> yeah and it's I had a big when I was younger I think I thought oh that's overwhelming that's too big like you have your dreams you're like oh yeah but that'll never happen but it's like it can't but you just need to, it's not A to B, it's A, B, C, D. It's how mm -hmm. you get, it's, it's A, A to Z. Z. Yes. And it's literally how you get there along the way. And I mean, I never thought I'd do some of the things that I'd done. Uh, and some of the shows I've been in, some of the TV I've done, like some of the films I've been in, some of the characters I play. And it's just, it's, it's, if you thought of it all and you think that, like the 16 year old girl that was just going off to college wanting to do this did she even contemplate for a second she would be in China for like a year and then after that I then toured the UAE so the United Arabs mm -hmm. and that was just I but I mean that was two very different cultures especially different to ours mm -hmm. but I'm always very respectful even when I go on holiday you you immerse yourself in the culture but you're very respectful you're like because you're not only you're not really holidaying you're living there mm -hmm. so your mindset's different and if I took that all in as a 16 year old I, I think I would have just cowered in my bedroom and just never done any of it mm -hmm. where I was like baby steps what do I need to do what's the first step breathe right can I do that okay let's do it if you can't do it why can't you do it is there another way Mm -hmm. and it's trying to overcome the obstacles because yeah. you'll find a lot of them on the way that doesn't mean you give up mm -hmm. or that doesn't mean you go and take some time to go do the real day job for a bit and then come back to it when it's ready when it's your time when it's meant to happen mm -hmm. and it's always having that in your mindset that yeah this is right maybe it's not right now mm -hmm. but it is right and you feel it in your heart and your soul and there's times when everything just connects mm -hmm. but it's just taking that baby step and that breath and just going right I will get there whether it's 10 years or it's 20 years or it's 10 minutes yeah there's everybody thinks or there's this society view that if you are 30 you need to have your whole life figured out and you've got to have kids and be married and mm -hmm. uh, like be financially stable and all that but it, it's like fuck that like that's not that's no happiness that's no how everybody yeah. wants to live it might work for some people but not for others mm -hmm. what I did want to ask um was when it comes to acting like there's a lot of rejection involved in auditioning how do you how did you learn to cope do you ever learn to cope because I feel like some people are just it's like a mindset thing isn't it it's like mm -hmm. some people just don't cope with rejection at all and they never will and some people are just like oh well on to the next like how did you cope with that how do you cope with that 
I think when you're younger, it's a lot harder because mm -hmm. you get very excited by every role, every opportunity. And I mean, we audition hundreds, thousands of editions every year, mm -hmm. if you're lucky. Um, but I mean, this very small percentage that you might land. I mean, you could be very lucky and get them all, which amazing kudos to you. But it's you have to constantly put yourself out there and it's that constant rejection. And you don't even know sometimes. You never find out which is even more aggravating because when I apply for a job in my mind I'm like I can do this role I can do those dates like you almost envisage and you've got to put it out there in the world like yeah I can do this role and be in that mindset when when you're doing your audition um because you're like right if I can't do it why am I auditioning mm -hmm. you're like yeah it's a job but I always say that to my husband about mm -hmm. poker because he's a poker player and he would be like, I think I could maybe win. And I used to say to him, babe, don't even go. Like, don't go. Yeah. See if you go. And what's the point in going if you don't walk in there and think, I can win this? Mm -hmm. You've got to have that got mindset. But then you could have a no right away. I mean, I've walked into a room within 30 seconds. It's like, nope, next. Oh, And then during lockdown, <laughs> it was all over Zoom. so crushing. Oh, a bit. It's just, I think now being slightly older, slightly more mellow with it, and you've kind of done, the, I mean, that's 15 to 20 years now. You're kind of, you're just like, right, I need to whirl up my head, get in the mindset, but then I need to let it go. Mm -hmm. The minute I've sent that self tape, the minute I've submitted this edition or walked in the door, done it, walked out, you need to let it go. And your heart is still like, oh, I really want this. Mm -hmm. I really need this when it's amazing big roles. You're like, yes and you dream of it but you need to be like it's not me it's not my problem it's mm -hmm. not the issue with me yeah if you fuck up in an audition or I've done it before I walked in to sing and I've just went and mm -hmm. tensed up because you've put so much pressure on yourself where you've been at that time you're like I need this so much and you've just went in with the wrong mindset mm -hmm. whereas you're trying to showcase the best of you mm -hmm. and you're just like you want me Yes. And that sounds the cockiest thing, and I'm, I'm 100%, I will not walk in every edition like that. You should but that's the dream. You should. You should walk in the door being like, I'm your answer. Mm -hmm. And But casting directors, like everybody's like, oh, the scariest thing, they're the panel that's set, and they're the hirers and firers and all that. But they're willing you to do your best mm -hmm. and you to be the right fit. But they can know within 30 seconds, yes or no, and it's nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. It's a hundred percent that they might love you, but it's some other big wig is like, oh, I don't like her left eyebrow. I don't yeah. like that flick of her hair. And it can be the smallest thing, or you could have been you don't know how close you got sometimes as well. Mm -hmm. I've done recalls where you could be down to the last two and you don't get it. Mm -hmm. And people are like, Oh, I'm so gutted, I'm so crushed. I'd take that so personally. But you got to the last two. Yeah. Like you should, and now that's how my mindset is. I'm like, I got so close. Mm -hmm. Like that's how much they wanted me and how I was right. I've got to be like, yeah, hold my head up high and I move on. <laughs> when I was younger, that was not me. I would be like crying. Don't get me wrong. For some down days, you can be like that as well. Mm -hmm. But you've got to not take it personally and get a thick skin can I walk on to the next I think now at the moment luckily the industry's opening up so much so there is so much turnover additions again thank mm. the lord and you're just like the minute I finish one I'm like boom I'm on to the next and 
it's such a quick fire thing mm -hmm. that you're just like that's the best way to be because you don't linger on it you don't overthink it you just go right on to the next if i get it brilliant if i don't if you get feedback amazing but sometimes you'll never hear so you have to just clean slate go out to the next mm -hmm. so what is next uh i don't know literally well at the moment one of my films is due to be released tonight yes oh! so i'm showing it in glasgow this is the glasgow debut it was at the french festival so it's not the scottish debut that was last year mm. um but this was something i filmed 100 percent myself mm -hmm. that's scary uh -huh. and during lockdown I, I had to become a jack of all trades and learn the lights the sound as you'll know with this podcast yeah you have to learn to kind of do everything editing mm -hmm. um camera work as well as doing the acting and the voiceover and that myself as well you just learned so many strings to your bow not saying i'm an expert in any of them but i was just like i want to embrace this i want to scratch that itch I've got to be creative somehow mm -hmm. and I was very lucky I did do a few projects in lockdown but it, I had not to do it in person so I was like right I want to do something I originally did it for a competition because I like to have like a kind of goal mm -hmm. or something to light the fire and so I used that but I ended up I didn't submit it for the competition because I got I got doubt mm -hmm. and I'd freaked myself out and overwhelmed myself and then I went, no, I'm going to share it. Uh -huh. And I put it out there to festivals. And I don't know how, but it seemed to win. It's a few. Oh, you don't know and, how. I've watched uh, it and I, I thought it was great. So explain what's happened tonight. Oh, like so tonight is uh, it's like a showcase of local filmmakers. So I'm amazingly honoured to have been chosen to be showcased. And um, so my film's on with about five or six other local filmmakers uh, projects. And so this is actually an audience award that it's up for. So they can vote and choose the, like, the best of the night, mm -hmm. which then goes into the best of the year selections. Mm -hmm. So because it's such a local competition as well at GMAC in Glasgow, uh, who support amazing local filmmakers and work. I mean, a lot of companies are based there. It's just such a good hub and they support the industry, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, you don't get much happening in Scotland. So anytime there's things backing us up and happening, just 100% welcome it, mm -hmm. use it. Um, and so everyone's there and they're just supporting so much talent and it's amazing and I'm so excited. But I'm nervous because, as you've seen it, mm -hmm. it's a very bear, literally it is called bear. Uh-huh. And, and where can people find it, Lauren? Like, we will, I will leave like Lauren's information at Instagram and all that, like below. Um, if you even want to say that, like, out loud, because there's some people that just won't read the description. All right. Well, it's Lauren C. Moore actor on um, Instagram, and just Lauren C. Moore. I think everywhere. I'll tag my Twitter and stuff because you have to have underscores and things, and, yeah. and I forget which way. <laughs> even on TikTok as well, guys. I know you are. Yeah. Um, I made silly little videos during lockdown, just anything to kind of keep me sane and keep me going, mm -hmm. and it was fun. Well, it's it's, it's the most creative place, isn't it? Oh, it's been, and some of my amazing. friends are flying on it with huge following, and they're very creative. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, a hundred percent. I support the platform; it's doing great things for the industry. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Uh, so the film. Oh, so this month is Mental Health Awareness Month, mm-hmm. and being May, and the film is about mental health and addressing, not sugarcoating, which mm-hmm. was important to me when I was making it. Is not making it a sugarcoated mental health film, making it very bare, very raw. Um, and true to life. This is my experience. It's not anybody else's story. It's not made up, but it's 100% real. So I want to release it this month. It will be out for the next few weeks. So watch the space. Okay. You can follow it. I will release when it's going out. Um, I think it's important to address it this month because of the subject matter. Yep. And it's scary. But I've had this little baby for about a year and I've only shown it for film festivals, which I couldn't go to because I was here and they weren't having live showings yeah, but it's been Toronto, New York all over the world and that's incredible it's, it's, it's very surreal so the fact that tonight is at home mm-hmm. it just makes it a little bit more oh, nerve-wracking mm-hmm. what my peers are going to think seeing it uh, and then I have to do a Q&A after it as well which is possibly the scariest thing mm-hmm. hate talking about myself oh, no. <laughs> you well, you think well, you this. so to wrap it up yes. um, is there anything that you want to add before we end the podcast this week um, I just think, oh, obviously being Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, everybody out there, we all suffer mental health at some point in our life or we know people that have. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to reach out, speak to your doctor, speak to your friends, your parents. Go online. Online is so amazing. Don't get me wrong, there's so much bad as well, but if you look up like the legit sites and everything mm-hmm. um, or go through the NHS, they have lots of amazing... Um, programs all over the UK and world, especially Scotland, they're having a big embrace on our health, especially due to lockdown. A lot of people are suffering a lot more than they normally would. Mm-hmm. So really don't be afraid to reach out. I've reached out in the past and it's got me through a lot of tough times. So I'd say that's one. Um, I I don't know. For the future, I'm hoping to do a lot more film um, and acting. I would just say, everybody, just follow your heart. Mm-hmm. Go with your dreams. If you're not happy, do something to change it. Yeah. I mean, it's not always about money. It can be about little things, like change what you can, if you can. i I done silly things in my flat. I taught myself to do flooring. I taught myself to install a dishwasher mm-hmm. and like but it's how much pride you do in the little things and learning new things and challenging yourself mm-hmm. don't be scared to take that risk yeah because one of my favorite quotes is every expert started off as a beginner yes so remember that and it's 100%. it's never too late you're never too old no everything happens for a reason and if it's happening now there's a reason why it's now and it wasn't don't regret the things in the past learn from it mm-hmm. and if you've lost people acknowledge it take them with you always have them in your heart but do what you can for you to make you proud them proud it make i carry my family everywhere i go and anywhere i go they go so i'm like you're never without them they're mm-hmm. always there and they're going to be part of you for the rest of your life so they're living this mm-hmm. and that's what I love and my friends are my family now and I mean that's the family you get to choose yeah and that's that's so I powerful and with that so much right now because 
I, I feel like a wee orphan oh, and um, my friends have been incredible. Yeah. I don't know if I would be sitting here if mm. I didn't have my friends. Yeah. So, yeah, but thank you so much, Lauren. I'm definitely going to have you back on again because oh. <laughs> you've got so much to say and so much worth hearing. Um, I definitely would love if you would join me again at some point, whether it was to discuss mental health or, mm-hmm. or whatever you're doing at that point in time, which I sure will be interesting. <laughs> um, never a dull moment. So yes. thank you for your time. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week for another episode. Bye. Thank you.